0: Many of you have asked for it, and so I spent some of my paternity leave creating it, an introductory Stoicism course. The best part? I've launched it using Gumroad's pay-what-you-want model. So if you want to pay $0, you can get the course for free. That's right, free. Learn more and enroll in the course by going to understandingstoicism.com. That's understandingstoicism.com. insert time of day here, Precoptan. I hope you're well. Today, we'll be delving into Epictetus's second discourse in the Enchiridion. Rather than beat around the bush, let's get right into Epictetus's bush. Gross. Here it is, Enchiridion 2. Remember that following desire promises the attainment of that of which you are desirous and aversion promises the avoiding that to which you are averse. However, he who fails to obtain the object of his desire is disappointed, and he who incurs the object of his aversion is wretched. If, then, you confine your aversion to those objects only which are contrary to the natural use of your faculties, which you have in your own control, you will never incur anything to which you are averse, But if you are averse to sickness or death or poverty, you will be wretched. Remove aversion, then, from all things that are not in our control, and transfer it to things contrary to the nature of what is in our control. But, for the present, totally suppress desire. For if you desire any of the things which are not in your control, you must necessarily be disappointed. And of those which are, and which it would be laudable to desire, nothing is yet in your possession. Use only the appropriate actions of pursuit and avoidance, and even these slightly, and with gentleness and reservation. I will tell you that I struggle with this big time. I am incredibly averse to struggling with money. I've struggled with money in the past. I've been homeless, as you already know, and I spent almost all of my late teens and early 20s, well, really almost all of my 20s, living what I call, what many people call hand to mouth. You make your money, you immediately spend it, and it's gone, and then you have to wait a whole another week or two to get your next paycheck. So you're making money, you're paying your bills, but there's nothing left. Now, I know that those struggles, my struggles with money, are not the worst anyone has ever experienced. I know that's not true. But they were unpleasant years for me, as I found myself in frequent want of things like, for example, enough money not to have to juggle overdraft fees when I chose groceries over paying the electric bill or vice versa. I don't like living that way. And to be fair, I don't think anyone really does. But it is valuable to be able to live that way and not feel the way I feel about it. And that's what Epictetus is talking about here. He's talking about doing what you can to avoid those things to which you are averse without crossing over into inappropriate methods of aversion. As an example, I can avoid a hand-to-mouth existence by starting my own business and selling a product or a service to members of the Cosmopolis, but I cannot rob a bank. I can work extra hours at work, but only if doing so doesn't detract from the time I can spend with my family so as not to be negligent in my role as, for example, a father, husband, or son. There's flexibility in all of this, but the point is you can chase what you want so long as you're doing so in a way that isn't making you a vicious person, that isn't causing you, for example, to abandon your roles. Wanting things doesn't make you vicious. But being miserable if you don't have those things makes you vicious. And being willing to do vicious things to get what you want makes you vicious. So you need to be on guard. This is why Epictetus is suggesting you learn to become comfortable with not having what you desire by not desiring much to begin with. Now, this is the part that I struggle with, and you probably do as well to some extent. I think everyone does. You might want a certain size house because you're about to have a child and you think, if I don't have a four-bedroom house, how will I have enough space for me, my partner, our work-from-home office, and our newborn? And what about a guest room for our friends or family? I might actually need a five-bedroom house. Have you ever tried to unscrew a screw with a butter knife or the corner of a credit card because you didn't have a screwdriver on hand? You can accomplish this with a butter knife or a credit card, but it's much easier and pleasant to have the right tool for the job. In regards to the house example I just gave, we don't need a five-bedroom house to accommodate a new family. It's absolutely the case that a two-bedroom house could be completely fine as a home for such a family. But there's no denying that a five-bedroom house would make things a little easier and less physically cramped and so more pleasant. So how does a stoic approach that? Not by not wanting the five-bedroom house. That's not a practical thing to expect of someone, I don't think. Of course, we would prefer the things that make for a more pleasant experience in life. And it unstoic to have those things, or to possess those things, or to try to possess those things. Instead, we can accomplish this by giving ourselves up to the truth. That part of wanting is avoiding the outcome of not having. With this understanding, you can explore what not having means, and you can ask yourself how bad not having actually is. You can reason yourself by doing this into a state where whether you have what you desire or not, you have what you absolutely require. Of course, this is harder and harder the less and less you have, and we can't ignore that. If all you have is a cardboard box under a bridge, it's going to be far harder to truly believe you have enough. But the truth is, sleeping outside in nature and using nature to survive is, in terms of virtue and from the stoic perspective, all you truly need. That is, of course, a hard pill to swallow, right? It's almost like I'm saying homeless people should stop complaining. They have everything they need. Who cares if they want a home to call their own? That. Is not what I'm saying, absolutely not what I'm saying, but if we're not careful in how we think about this sort of thing, we could become vicious by having a lack of compassion or sympathy for others' suffering and our own discomfort in life. So we can have desires and we can chase them, but only if we've made peace with the reality that results if we fail to obtain what we desire, and only if we chase those desires without becoming vicious. We can also have aversions, and we can move to avoid them, but only if we've made peace with the reality that results if we fail to avoid them, and only if we avoid them without becoming vicious. The Stoics do not ask that we sit around like bumps on logs and be okay with whatever comes or doesn't. Instead, they ask us to be okay with whatever comes or doesn't while at the same time encouraging us to strive appropriately for what we want to see manifest in the cosmopolis, our lives being part of the cosmopolis, or what we want to see manifest in our own lives, and to do what we can to avoid those things which we don't want to see manifest in the cosmopolis or in our lives. Strive for the life you want, but be at peace with not getting it, and be at peace ahead of time with the idea of not getting it. Work to bring about prosperity and harmony by avoiding war, but be at peace with war being a potential outcome and be at peace with that ahead of time. Stoicism is about a lot of things, but it's particularly about, other than virtue, context and balance. There's no such thing as wrong in Stoicism if it isn't vicious. There's also no such thing as right in Stoicism if it isn't virtuous. There is only what is appropriate and inappropriate, and that determination varies from person to person and situation to situation. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't yet reviewed this podcast, I hope you will do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or Podchaser.com. If you're already an ad-free listener, thank you. If you're not and you would like to become one, please go to stoicismpod.com forward slash members to learn more and sign up. If you'd like to support our efforts with a one-time donation, you can go to stoicismpod.com forward slash donate. And we appreciate everything you do to make this show a continued success and to keep us producing it. You're helping us to continue to fill the roles we've identified for ourselves. So thank you. And until next time, take care.